thank you for choosing Tox News, your only source into police resigning in mass. I am your host, a leftist made of straw. Today's date is April 23rd, 2021. And per usual, we begin with the Pledge of Allegiance, the Tox News way. I pledge allegiance to liberty and justice for all. I want to thank you again for joining me on this uh, wonderful day. I hope it is wonderful for you. Um, It's not wonderful if you look at the news, but if you try to take in your general surroundings, I hope it is going well. Um, I want to begin before getting into the Tim Pool segment that I have planned today to get into a couple of stories that have happened recently. Uh, This one's being reported by NBC for Washington. Um, The headline reads, Virginia man shot by sheriff's department after calling 911 for help. Isaiah Brown, 32, is in intensive care with 10 bullet wounds after being shot outside his home in Spotsylvania County early Wednesday, his family says. I apologize. A Virginia man was shot multiple times by a sheriff's deputy after the deputy gave him a ride home, left, and then was called back to the man's home for help. Isaiah Brown, 32, is in intensive care with 10 bullet wounds after being shot outside his home in Spotsylvania County early Wednesday, his family says. The home health care aides family, uh, the home health care aides family, I think it's supposed to be the family's home health care aides, told uh, News 4 they have no idea why the deputy opened fire. Quote, the officer just started shooting at him for no reason. I didn't hear a warning shot. All I heard was hands up one time, and all he had was his phone, so I know he put his hands up, Isaiah Brown's brother, Tasman Brown, said. Virginia State Police are investigating. State Police and Brown's siblings say Brown's interactions with the deputy began when Brown's car broke down at about 2.30 in the morning, Wednesday, at a gas station on Route 3, several miles from his home in the 12,200 block of West Catharpin Road. The deputy, who is white, gave Bran, uh, Brown, who is black, a ride home. Brown's brother talked with the deputy when they arrived. He was like, your brother's fine. He's not in trouble. His car broke down and I gave him a ride. Not long after the deputy left, Isaiah Brown called 911. The sheriff's office categorized the call as a domestic situation between Isaiah Brown and a family member. A source within the county sheriff's office said he was complaining about his brother. Tasman Brown said he believes his brother just wanted to ride back to his car because he was worried it might get towed. The same deputy who helped Isaiah Brown earlier returned. Within minutes, he opened fire. Isaiah Brown's siblings said the deputy, whose name was not released, started shooting for no reason. Quote, I'm just trying to figure out where he felt the threat at, to feel the need to shoot. Unquote. Yolanda Brown, his sister, had said. The deputy then began CPR. The family says Isaiah Brown was in surgery and was wounded in the face, neck, chest, and pelvic area. He was unarmed, the state police confirmed. Isaiah's, uh, Isaiah Brown's family said they're frustrated that police haven't shared more information with them. They're seeking a lawyer and have contacted the NAACP. State police confirmed that they have body cam footage of the shooting, but said they will not release it publicly. They said they could not immediately comment on any motive or circumstances related to the shooting. Investi- investigative findings will be turned over to a special prosecutor for review. So the reason why I'm coming with these stories is um, that they're tragic. And also, too, in the previous episode, 
they I, Ben Shapiro and the others were talking about how leftists are not going to be satisfied just off of the verdict of Derek Chauvin, that we should praise the system for finding a murderer guilty of murder and we should all go home. But we're looking at the systemic issue here is whether or not there is going to be proper accountability for this case here with Isaiah Brown. And the fact that the NAACP is being contacted means that there's already not enough being done in 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 making progress towards holding this officer accountable if what he had done was unjustified. And it's sounding very much so that it might be. So and I, I like to highlight here, too, as well, that Candace Owens alleged that, you know, the body cam footage was held back during the George Floyd uh, before the trial and was leaked by the Daily Mail because the media didn't want you to get the full picture. And here again, in the same circumstance as George Floyd, the poli- the body cam footage is um, not being released due to the state police not wanting it out publicly. Why would they not want it out publicly? Maybe because it would bring too much attention to this case to this murder and that's not going to benefit them if they're going to try and uh, move their officer without accountability so um, this isn't the only case this happened just Wednesday um, which two days ago from the time of this recording which was uh, April 21st and then we go back in time for this one here coming from the Texas Tribune um, I unfortunately I'm not going to read the entire article just because of the time for the segments and my reading voice isn't very compelling. So I'm going to get as much of this story as I can, but I definitely encourage everyone to uh, follow through with more research. I'm going to post the links to these articles in the description below so you can check them out down there. But this one was posted April 13th of 2021, and it reads, Marvin Scott III died in police cu- uh, Texas police custody. His family will protest until the officers involved are arrested. For the past four weeks, a group of up to 40 protesters has gathered outside the Collin County Jail nearly every night around 9 p.m. They hang signs, draw on the sidewalk with chalk, and decorate the chain-link fence, celebrating the life of Marvin Scott III, who died while in the custody of jail staff in March. Consistently, their memorials have been taken down by county staff. I found out Wait. Had MS April of 2017. One of the articles is just starting to play. Oh my god, this... I drive with Uber because oh my God. I love to drive. I am so I sorry. I the MS far out of my head. Oh my goodness. There's no way I can Oh my God, there's nothing I can I do can about drive. this ad either. I've got to go home. And- I am so sorry about that. In one of the articles that I have open, this video just started playing. And, um, Jesus. You couldn't skip or pause the ad. Like, you could only go through it. But now I'm finally at a point where I can pause it. It's paused. I apologize for that. I did not see that coming. I've been on these websites for a minute, and it just opens up randomly. That's crazy. Um, so to to move on, you know, I'll just keep it mute for just in case. Um, so I'm going to begin from this next point right here. Um, consistently, their memorials have been taken down by county staff, but that doesn't deter his sister, Lache Bats, from returning every day with other community members outside the jail in McInnie. Quote, we just do it again. Bats, age 28, told the Tribune Sunday, her voice hoarse from chanting all day. They want us to stop to go away. We're going to remain until the officers are arrested. 
On March 14th, Scott was arrested in Allen, near f- nearly 15 miles from where he lived in Frisco, on a marijuana charge. Authorities said he had less than two ounces, a misdemeanor. The 26-year-old, who received a schizophrenia, uh, schizophrenia diagnosis two years ago, uh, sometimes used the, uh, drugs to self-medicate the marijuana, according to the family's lawyer, S. Lee Merritt. After Allen, officers transported him to Texas Health Presbyterian Hospital for what police called strange behavior, he was taken to the county jail. There, officers restrained Scott, used pepper spray, and covered his head with a spit hood, a controversial device meant to keep a person from biting or spitting on an officer. Scott became unresponsive late that night and was pronounced dead at a hospital. Though seven of the sheriff's officers have been fired after initially being put on administrative leave and another resigned while under investigation, the family and protesters say they don't plan to stop until the officers have been charged with a crime. The officers' names have not been publicly released. The Collin County Sheriff's Office, which operates the jail, said personnel information cannot be released due to pending civil service appeals. The Texas Rangers are investigating Scott's case. Nearly a month later, the county medical examiner's office uh, has not yet released an official cause of death. The family hired a forensic pathologist to conduct a second independent autopsy. During the March 23rd press conference, the pathologist Amy Gruzetsky of American Forensics said, quote, The physical struggle of the restraint as well as the possible asphyxia from the restraint would likely be causes of his death and a negative autopsy, meaning no injuries, no blunt force trauma, is consistent with that. During the press conference, Merritt said the Collin County District Attorney had explained that he would need a cause of death and a medical examiner's report before he could decide whether to pursue criminal charges. There has been an intense focus on police brutality during the murder and manslaughter trial for Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, accused of killing George Floyd in late May by kneeling on him his neck for more than nine minutes which sparked protests around the nation and on sunday police deployed tear gas against protesters who marched after an officer fatally shot 20 year old dante wright during a traffic stop in minnesota scott's family said they did not receive any communications about his arrest and death until the next afternoon when they received a text message from the medical examiner's office bats said the family has not yet seen the jail video related to his death the footage has been provided to the texas rangers said a representative from the collin county sheriff's office following a march 17th vigil at Town Park Lake in McKinney, Bats and her family have stood outside the jail almost every night in hopes of calling attention to Scott's death and to demand justice and transparency. They hand out flyers during the protests, Bats said, and post about the rallies on social media. Uh, what started as a group of up to 40 people has since settled to about 20 consistent protesters, said Elizabeth Mickle, a community activist who joined the protesters soon after learning about them online. She has been there almost every day since and has addressed the McKinney City uh, Council and the county commissioner's court. Quote, my role is to support the Scott family and to amplify their voices however I can. The family has asked for those eight detention officers to be arrested. I will do whatever I can to expedite that. So, um, again, like, look at how this case specifically, with very little media attention being brought to it, how little transparency is also coming from the state. This is exactly indicative of why George Floyd's case is spoken about in the way that it is, is that with 
as much attention as George Floyd's case got, it's not being swept under the rug in the same way that Marvin Scott III is. And this is very indicative of that because it, this case here is not getting very much attention at all. And without feeling enough public pressure, they do not see the urge to bring justice or clarity, even truth, or even just the matter of facts to the family of, of Marvin Scott. This is just very indicative of exactly how the justice system has operated uh, beyond the Derek Chauvin trial. So, like, when, when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tells you that Derek Chauvin's trial was not justice, these are the cases that she is talking about. So I have one more here, and this one comes from WUSA 9 in Maryland. And it says, Maryland State Trooper shoots, kills teen that had a knife and airsoft gun, officials say. This was um, also written around April 13th, and it begins here. A Maryland State Police Trooper responding to a pair of 911 calls shot and killed a teenager who was pointing what investigators determined was an airsoft gun at him, authorities said. The shooting occurred after state police received two 911 calls about someone acting suspicious. Superintendent Woodrow Jones II told a news conference. The first caller said he thought the person had a gun, left a telephone number, but didn't give an address before hanging up. A second caller gave a street address for the suspicious person that was a short distance from the Leonard Town barracks, but the caller hung up before identifying themselves. Jones said the trooper who responded alone encountered Peyton Ham, 16, who said he had a gun and a knife. According to the superintendent, a witness said they saw Ham in the driveway of the home in a shooting stance and pointing a weapon at the trooper. The trooper fired at the male, wounding him, Jones said. According to other witnesses, Ham then pulled out a knife and tried to get up. The trooper ordered him to drop the knife before he fired again, Jones said, adding that the trooper reported the shooting and called the emergency personnel while other troopers gave him first aid. Ham has taken, was taken to a nearby hospital where he was pronounced dead. An investigation revealed that the weapon Ham wielded as an airsoft gun, which is commonly used to shoot BBs, and which Jones called a close representation of an actual handgun. The teenager was white, as is the trooper who shot him, according to Maryland State Police spokesperson Greg Shipley. Uh, the trooper, who has been with the state police for two years and seven months, has been placed on administrative leave pending the investigation, Jones said. The trooper was not hurt, he added. Uh, Maryland State Police troopers don't wear body cams, and Jones said investigators will look for video from the surrounding area. He said dash cam video didn't capture the incident. That's like, honestly, and then in the, in the final pieces here, it's uh, Leonard Town is about 60 miles southeast of Washington, D.C. Um, you know, feeling immediately threatened by the presence of a gun, I could see why a state trooper would um, pull the trigger, jump the gun. You know, I could see how this, you know, misunderstanding could actually lead to the to the death of a, a teenager, depending on, too, on how much the teenager was cooperating with uh, the state trooper and everything that shaked out from these circumstances. But with, you know, him pointing his airsoft gun at the state trooper, it is kind of fair to uh, reason that the state trooper had a valid fear for their life. Um, the unfortunate thing is, is that we don't necessarily see the BB gun. We haven't seen the airsoft gun. 
So I'm not sure if I really buy that story, but they do say that it does closely resemble a real handgun, which I, you know, I can believe that as well. Um, the only thing that really differentiates a lot of them is them being um, having the, the, the orange tip around the barrel. Um, other airsoft guns are really transparent. Um, they tend to not have the black matte painting, so it's a lot more obvious that they're spring-loaded, you know? Um, so we would definitely need a lot more information here. But again, this story here highlights the fact that transparency is really lacking, and especially with state troopers, because state troopers are not required, as I can tell from this uh, video, Maryland State Police Troopers are not required to wear body cams. So although the, the cop may be justified, the lack of transparency in killing an American citizen in this way, um, it, it yet again is just very indicative of how our criminal justice system works. So we're, we're, we're going on our days ignoring so far. Um, it's a very fresh story, but uh, Isaiah Brown's uh, dying just this last Wednesday. We'll see how whether or not transparency actually comes through and accountability as well, because this one sounds especially egregious. Ten shots. Ten shots killed Isaiah Brown when all he really wanted was a ride back to his car. Um, Marvin Scott, what got him killed was wearing a spit hood. He, as far as we know, so far it's asphyxiation, but so far that came from a secondhand autopsy that the family had to get on their own, that the, the state hasn't even released its death certificate, nor have they released the names of the officers, nor have they released any video. So again, lack of transparency onto the level of them seemingly trying to, um, uh, you know, s sweep Marvin Scott's death under the rug. Because there's not a lack of there, because there is a lack of public pressure to do the right thing, um, and then with Maryland here specifically, it's just shown more that with you know state troopers not having body cams, them not really releasing any footage, all we're going off is eyewitness accounts and what the officer said. We're dealing with like a real clear clarity and transparency problem, which then also lends itself to the lack of accountability that police officers face. And the more and more they get away with these things, and the more and more they do not face accountability, the less the public is going to respect them. They're going to see people who are given absolute power, and what does absolute power usually do? It corrupts absolutely. And it's not very... It's it is fair for the public to then assume that these police officers have become corrupt with their disdain towards accountability and never having to face it. Um, so I just wanted to highlight these specific stories here. Um, you know, everybody's talking about Micaiah Bryant and Dante Wright and Adam Toledo, and we have to add these Isaiah Brown, Marvin Scott, and Peyton Ham, we have to add them all to the list of names this year, even though they're not even, there's been already over 200 police-involved killings. So um, these are just, you know, a, a scratch on the surface of still what we've been dealing with for a long time. And I wanted to give you those stories just before we get into Tim Pool here. Because I wanted to give at least a little bit of broader context on exactly what I feel the left-wing movement 
towards this uh the criminal justice reform the abolish police arguments the the whole left-wing movement has been wrongfully categorized by the right wing and it's mainly because you know the media focuses on a few of these stories when there is a massive problem that is not highlighted by the media although they will bring it up in these statistics whenever they have a segment of a talking round table about george floyd or about dante wright or about micaiah bryant they'll bring up these statistics and they'll bring up you know, old stories that we're all familiar with, but all these other ones that are being swept under the rug and just completely ignored is incredibly part of the problem. Um, Tim Pool here is going to give us a little perspective on something else, though, and it's called Police Are Resigning in Mass Over BLM Rights and Democrat Policy. Chauvin Verdict Will Make It Worse. Let's go, Tim. I just realized that I had the uh, the thing muted just in case the that video ad came back for some reason. But let me let me fix that. All right, take two. Be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. Due to the ongoing Black Lives Matter riots, the constant stream of news demonizing police officers and the intense political climate that sees even high profile Democrats smearing and berating police. Officers are resigning in large numbers. In Albuquerque, 20 members of the emergency response team have resigned from their department. And what's funny, too, is I've been to like a couple protests like um, I don't think I've been to one that was organized by BLM, but I went to one uh, specifically due to um, police brutality and victims of it. And um, a lot of people would shout at the at the cops that they should quit their jobs and i think what they had meant is that they want to see the immorality of the uh institution of our policing and have that immorality hit their heart and that's what would cause them to lose their job it's like hey i can't work for a system that's this unethical and unjustified um this isn't why cops are quitting in this Tim Pool segment. It's actually the opposite. Um, they don't like not being respected. They don't like the idea of having to face accountability for their actions. That's why they're resigning, rather than actually feeling the immorality of how many people are dying innocently at the hands of police. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's not the reason for them. Many departments are saying they're struggling to recruit new people. Applications are at an all-time low, a historical low. Some departments are saying that they are struggling to reach the amount of officers they need. And thus, in many jurisdictions, we are seeing crime skyrocket. Unfortunately for most people who actually do want the police, the media has been inundating everyone with the worst of the worst. That's the name of the gang. The squeaky wheel gets the grease and police brutality news generates clicks. So the left is actually winning on this one. The people who are in favor of defunding and abolishing the police, while not necessarily winning a political victory, are winning an implied victory. The sustained pressure campaigns, the fact that district attorneys are not prosecuting rioters, has police saying, what's the point? Why bother being a police officer if you're going to risk your life and then go to prison if you try to defend yourself? Well, which brings us to the that's 
part of the problem of, you know, the conservatives getting so mad that uh, people who were swept up in arrest during the riots aren't being charged is because there isn't enough evidence to charge them of rioting. A lot of people were arrested merely for just being there. Um, so if you're getting mad about those things, then, you know, I have to really question your faith in what what you expect the system to do because if it's going to merely uh you know severely punish people merely for protesting then we've reached a very stark point in american democracy the chauvin verdict this isn't even playing a role yet the resignations in albuquerque came two days ago that was the day i believe of the chauvin verdict being read so this news was before we even knew that Chauvin was going to be found guilty. Perhaps the trial itself, perhaps the criminal charges were enough for many officers to say, I ain't playing this game anymore. And you know what? I think it's the right move for mm -hmm. everyone. Now, the left is going to come out and they're going to say, oh, look. It's funny, too, because they're not quitting because, you know, of the amount of abuse that protesters have been uh, taking in. Which, you know, there's plenty of documentation of, you know, police using tear gas. Even after the city bans it, they'll still use tear gas. Um, flashbangs are incredibly, uh, you know, harmful to your ears. And um, batons, rubber bullets, you know, they've been abusing the crap out of protesters while protesters are abusing the crap out of buildings. They're hurting people. And that's not why they're quitting. It's not the, you know, the abuse on humanity. It's because they don't want to keep going up on these lines against the protesters who just don't seem to be quitting. And also the, the political means of this, they don't want to be used as political tools, which I think is fair, but you chose the wrong job to not be a political tool, dude. You're, you're an arm of the state. Um, and yeah, there's, there's so many better reasons to want to leave the force of the police department right now. If you were actually concerned with uh, social justice, uh, I hate to invoke that because I'm sure a lot of cops hate a SJWs, but if you were truly interested in social justice and the accountability of authority, then you would resign from the police off from your police department in hopes that they would come up with a better solution. Um, not what's going on here. Not, that's not what's going on here. Look at the right wingers all salty. Tim Pool's all upset. No, I'm actually I'm chilling. I got out of the cities. I've said to everybody, you want to get out of the cities and these cops should not you know, stand for this. If the people are saying we don't want you here, respect the wishes of the people and go. Yeah, if only like everyone could afford a compound skate park mansion like Tim Pool, then they would be so much happier this and they wouldn't the need the police. Shortly after one thirty. Oh my god, another one is playing. They got the first of two nine one one calls about a person acting suspiciously. He reported to the dispatchers that there was a guy acting suspicious who thinks has a Sorry about that. I had like all of my engineering way off. I muted myself in attempts to mute that audio, but it was the press conference from uh, Peyton Ham's, uh, the, the police officers having a press conference after. Um, my bad. Like the, 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 this, this website is inclu incredibly intrusive. I'm surprised. But let's get back to it, Tim. Is most people want the cops, at least according to several polls. And when we saw Minneapolis actually try to defund and abolish their police, residents went nuts. Crime was skyrocketing and it backfired. I guess the issue is these people who are upset when the police leave, 
aren't doing anything right now to stand up for the police. Overall, like, yes, the... I bet, you know, the their, um, the city council voting to abolish the police would affect police morale, which is actually more direct to what would be the cause of the increased uh, crime and uh, decrease of police response time, which has been associated with um, these kinds of protests before, is that when a police officer kills someone of a community, the community protests, uh, the cops lose respect of the community, their morale also goes down. It's a kind of domino effect. So it's not just because they voted uh, to abolish the police force. Um, I always think context is a little bit more important than Tim does. So be it. The only result is that cops are going to leave, and I think it's completely obvious this would be the case. My advice to all of you is to move out of cities and to become big fans of the Second Amendment and the right to defend yourself. I don't live in an area with a police department anymore. So I understand those that live in cities are probably worried about this. Unfortunately, not enough people stood up and did enough, and now the cops are leaving. In Baltimore, even back in December, hundreds of officers short for their department. In places like Akron and New Jersey, they're saying they need to recruit more people. Who would want to be a cop in this climate when you will be next? When LeBron James says... You're next. I mean, that's the story, right? There were two black teenagers fighting. The cop decided to save the person who was about to be stabbed. And for that, LeBron James. Look, he may not be known for his political rhetoric, I guess kind of is, strangely. But he's a very famous individual blaming the officer for saving someone from a stabbing. I'm sorry, at this point, I think it should be obvious to any and all officers. It doesn't matter what. It's pretty funny, though. I, I, I hate to do the Dave Rubin thing. It's not a Thanos analogy, uh, analogy but it's a, a, a Man of Steel analogy. Um, everybody kind of had... I remember when Man of Steel came out and everybody had a little bit of a problem with the ending. And the ending where um, he is... He has, um, you know, uh, General Zod. He has... Superman has him in like a, uh, a rear naked choke while standing. And there's a family in the corner and General Zod says, like, you're going to have to decide. And he shoots his lasers out and starts aiming them towards the family. And seemingly um, Superman's only option was to kill General Zod. But the thing is, though, is that fans recognize that no, he didn't. Like, he literally could have flown away with him. He could have just flown away with him. And although that wouldn't have immediately stopped the chaos of General Zod, General Zod being an incredibly powerful uh, alien being uh, who could cause massive damage beyond actually stabbing somebody with a knife, but it wasn't his only option. And what I find fascinating, too, in, in, in other Superman movies is that killing actually isn't an option, and he always tries to find a solution to where nobody has to die. Now, comic books are always playing with that idea of, you know, somebody's got to live and someone's got to die kind of circumstances here. But you do have to kind of question in Micaiah Bryant's case of whether or not the cop had to shoot them, if the gun should be the first or the only option. So um, I think that's I think it's worth bringing up. It's it's really hard for me to push charges on that police officer. Um, and I'm this, this this might be the wrong take on it, but I definitely 
do think at least that we should take a look at police training and police tactics um, in, in this specific case, because yeah, going to your gun, like that's immediately what he did as, as he arrived to the scene. And as the, the knife began to become more in play, that's when the gun was used as an option. So, um, I just, I do have to kind of wonder of whether or not the cop could have done something better. Um, the thing that I find most disgusting about it is, is yes, members of the community came around and shouted black lives matter. And the, the cops were on the other side, then shouting back blue lives matter, which is really bad, mainly because the officer's life was not in danger. Uh, Micaiah Bryant was about to stab somebody else. Um, with her back turned to the police officer. So shouting Blue Lives Matter on top of the dead body of someone who was not a threat to the police officer, with the officer not considering more options, maybe, or just not even having the mental resources to come up with more options. This It's, it's a bad circumstance, and cops should reflect on it. And um, I think we need to... I don't want to say step away from the accountability case on this, but I think the unfortunate thing is, is that the state is going to side with the police officer and we're going to have to then really focus in on police tactics and strategies and methods to de-escalate a situation without having to take a life. What you do, you will be the bad guy and perhaps we should respect the wishes of these communities. Well, let's read what's going on with these departments, and I'm going to break down for you a lot of the latest news that shows, for better or for worse, Black Lives Matter is getting what they want. Now, these departments aren't being abolished or defunded, but they are faltering, and that is an erosion in favor of Black Lives Matter. Now, before we get started, become a member and watch all these really great se- So the thing is about him using the word erosion is that it's very convenient for the conservative talking point because they need people having the idea that culture and society is denigrated so that when they apply more force or legislation that seems to be really against our principles but in the name of national security that we're easily sold on it. And, you know, it has a lot to do with, like, how Marxism can enter America once everything is so degraded. Um, you know, fascism can do the same exact thing. Um, I do think that the interesting thing is, is that with this, with if there are a lot of police officers leaving the force, I do think that leaves the opportunity for uh, the state to refocus its resources and priorities into, you know, reforming the police departments in the way that they say they want to. Um, again, like it's not even that bad of an idea to dissolve the police departments as we know them and still retain the officers who would like to join the force that we create in the aftermath of it. And the, the aftermath that I would want to see after a police department is abolished and something is built new is a much more transparent and democratic, um, institution than the current police departments that we see. Uh, sheriffs are usually voted in office, uh, county chief police officers usually are not um and then you know the requirement for body cam footage is being pushed through the george floyd justice and policing act so there's at least that where federal troops will now start carrying body cams but as we saw with the maryland um with 
Peyton Ham, state troopers do not have to wear body cams. So there's still more transparency to reach with our policing in in America. So um, yeah, if we're if we're going to take this opportunity of a weakened police force, I think it's a great chance to actually build up a stronger, more peaceful peacekeeping uh, institution. You will be shocked when you see it. Check it out. Become a member. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Let's read the first story from Fox News. Officers resign from team that polices protests, tired of being managed by politics. They say an Albuquerque police union leader explained on Monday why several officers left the emergency response team following a protest, stressing that morale is gone within the police department. Police officer union president Sean Willoughby also noted on Fox and Friends that officers don't feel supported and don't trust their leaders. He stressed that Albuquerque officers are tired of being managed by politics. 17 officers, one lieutenant and two sergeants resigned from the team that handles Wait, how protests. Many? One lieutenant and two sergeants resigned from the team that handles protests. This is just in Albuquerque, too. Like Minneapolis saw a much... Uh... Uh, a bigger loss of police officers, but like a lieutenant and two officers. Okay. <laughs> like, cool. Like that, that honestly sounds like the perfect kind of weeding that you want to do for police officers who, who are entitled to respect to police officers who don't like that. Their political leaders don't um, hold back accountability from them. So that's, this sounds just fine to me. On a counter protest earlier this month, KOB four reported, according to the media outlet, an armed man who was taunting demonstrators was detained by field officers during the protest. And at the time of his arrest, the man was not charged. Albuquerque Police Department officials reportedly reversed that decision. And an officer was placed on leave as an investigation was conducted. The outlet noted that according to the APD, there was a breakdown in the chain of command about whether charges would be filed against the armed man. The spokesperson for the Albuquerque Police Department did not immediately respond to Fox News' request for comment. However, KOB4 reported citing a statement from the APD that the department's chief made it clear that we cannot have a breakdown in communication during critical incidents. We have worked hard to earn back the public's trust. This statement reportedly continued. We will lose that trust if we resist accountability and culture change. I'm a big fan of police accountability. Big fan. And I suppose what the left is pulling off is what they would call a big ask. This is something that Donald Trump talked a lot about a lot. It's where you say, hey, you know, I'll sell you this bottle of water for $100. And when someone goes, that's insane, you say, okay, about 20 bucks. And they go, ooh, 80% off. Even though 20 bucks for a bottle of water is nuts. The idea is the left is going to come out and say, completely dismantle and abolish police. And then everyone's going to be like, whoa, stop. Let's just reform the police. Compromise, right? They want to force everyone further to the left while acting like it's actually a compromise when the ultimate goal will be hard police reforms and a, and a restriction of their power. I'm not entirely opposed to it. I mean, police reform, I'm all for. Police accountability, 100%. The problem, the media is lying to you. We see these videos. A woman tried to stab another, a, a teenager tried to stab another woman in Ohio. And the grifters on the left are, are literally defending child knife fights. I, I, you think I'm exaggerating. I'm not. I covered it yesterday. They're saying, oh, teenagers do this all the time. Please don't. Please have the police come in. You know what? I'm going to stop right there. I already gave my views on it, and it already seems like Tim Pool's never heard my stance on it. So, I am of the opinion that we should respect communities when they want a change to be made. If a cop goes into a neighborhood and there's a knife fight and the cop 
save someone by shooting the person with the knife about to stab the other person and the people get mad about it. The cop should not intervene. Look, I know a lot of people are saying, no, that's dumb. The, the cops need to save lives. That's their responsibility. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't need agents of the state to tell me how to live my life. Now, I personally appreciate having cops because, you know, while I'm, I disagree with a lot of what they do, notably on Second Amendment issues and constitutional issues, I think these are things we need to reform. It's really hard to do. It's a tough spot. I don't know. I'll prefer it. If, if you want to have a, a, a city where you kick the cops out, that's your... I mean, the thing is, is that he says that he's 100% uh, for reform and he's 100% for accountability and never does he lay out what that would mean in a Tim Pool world. So that's uh, it's interesting. You're right. You vote for it. By all means, don't let me get... Also, too, what's interesting is that he said that he's all for accountability, but during the Chauvin trial, like, he con he consistently said that during the trial that he was sure that he was going to be acquitted. Like, I, I, I get that you're for accountability, but your uh, immediate reaction to the defense is that he's going to be let go. And then you also tried to fight for the same case that they did, raising reasonable doubt whether or not all the heart, uh, George Floyd's pre-existing conditions and drug use had had more contributing factors to his death rather than the knee on the neck. So I, I'm not buying that you're all for accountability, especially when you see a full-on nine-minute murder video and you're still helping the defense raise reasonable doubt through your media platform, through your influencing. I don't, I don't buy that he wants to see accountability. In a way, if where I live, we vote for constitutional carry, I don't want the cops to come and arrest somebody for having a gun. No, we make that decision. That's our community. Fine. If they want to have a city with no cops, they voted for it. Hey, I moved out of Philly. Okay, I don't live there. I relinquish any claim to tell you how to live your life. If you live in these areas, I respect your opinion when you say we need cops. I mean, it's so like ideologically like superficial to be like they're going to abolish our police and then we're just not going to have any kind of peacekeeping force after that. N no institution to re to replace it. And like how ideology, how do you sorry, how ideologically lazy conservatives are is that like they don't want to do anything, but they also are down for like minor reforms that will at least shut up the public. So, um you know, anything that is considered too big of a change is just too much to do because we're giving too much power to the left. Um, when really we need to, like, look at the foundations of almost every institution that we do. Like, we look at our presidents every four years and we wonder, is this the person that we want to continue doing the job? Why don't we do that for our institutions? Every four years, every 10 years, we look at the statistics of our institutions and wonder if they're doing the best job that they possibly can. And if not, then we redo them. And yeah, that might take a lot of resources and all of those things. But again, we have a massively overbloated uh, military budget on the fact that the rich pay little to no taxes. So there's definitely solutions to this money problem as well. Um, but I find it very ideologically unsatisfying to be a conservative to um make these claims it, it it's pretty wild because there's you know we could do something that would be written down in history as revolutionary by creating an entirely new peacekeeping force that doesn't kill a thousand american civilians per year the reality is you do now look a lot of leftists are going to be like cops are bad they're all bad all that stuff 
We saw what happened when they tried to defund the police in Minneapolis. Crime skyrocketed and people were just like begging the cops to come back. Good luck. It ain't going to happen, especially not after all this. The cop, they're actually, don't get me wrong, they're actually finding new recruits for a lot of these departments, which is hilarious to me because these cops are going to be the first in line to go to prison when they defend themselves because they're not experienced. They're not going to know how to handle themselves and they're going to do, they're going to do a lot of things wrong. That's a funny claim to make because, yeah, of course, like new recruits are more likely to make mistakes, but Derek Chauvin was a police officer of 19 years. So uh, the woman who shot Dante Wright was on the force for 20 years. So and she mistaked a gun for a taser after being a train training officer on the force for 20 years. So it's not just a rookie problem. <laughs> like we're not going to be safer on the streets just because they're a veteran. And then, well, you know, that's what that's what's going to happen. Let's read a little bit more. They're going to say, will it be reportedly told the outlet that 20 officers have quit over the last two months from the department? Speaking on Fox and Friends on Monday, he said there was a lack of trust with our administration. They were not su supported. We have an individual that's being removed from this counter protest for doing absolutely nothing wrong. Will it be told ho host Brian Kilmeade? He didn't violate any laws. He was exercising his constitutional rights within the city of Albuquerque. And we had a sergeant taken off his job, gun and badge removed. Who wants to live under that type of scrutiny? Everything in Albuquerque is about constitution. Because he arrested a protester that wasn't doing anything. Like it's in the article as you're reading it. I'm pretty over sure. the last two months from the department speaking on Fox and friends on Monday, he said there was a lack of trust with our administration. They were not su supported. We have an individual that's being removed from this counter protest for doing absolutely nothing wrong. Will it be told ho host Brian Kilmeade? He didn't violate any laws. He was exercising his constitutional rights within the city of Albuquerque. And we had a sergeant taken off his job, gun and badge removed. Who wants to live under that type of scrutiny? It says counter protesters. So I'm getting really mixed vibes here. Was it the officer? We have an individual that's being removed from this counter protest for doing absolutely nothing wrong. He didn't violate any laws. He was exercising his constitutional right within the city of Albuquerque. And we had a sergeant taken off his job and badge removed. Uh... Again, like there's a lack of trust for it. I don't know who they're talking about. Are they talking about the officer being on the side of the counter protesters of the Black Lives Matter protests and protesting that like blue lives matter? Because um, I, I just feel like when you're a cop and you take that stance, it's a little bit of a conflict of interest. And, you know, the back the blue movement is pretty against accountability um, on its face. So I can see a conflict of interest and in not necessarily wanting a officer on your side who is that fervent about backing the blue, although they are a police officer. I think by remaining a police officer d during these times shows your support for the police office or the institution of policing well enough. I don't think you have to go to a counter protest and it kind of uh, makes the situation a lot more dangerous. So I don't I, I'm not 100 percent sure what they're even talking about, though. So scrutiny. Everything in Albuquerque is about constitutional policing unless the constitutional policing doesn't prescribe the political ideology of whoever's in charge. That's not how officers operate. We are not a Rubik's Cube. Will it be pointed out that being part of the emergency response team is, is an extracurricular activity for those officers and that he doubts the APD will get anybody to replace these jobs? We're going to have to use field services and traditional dispatch with civil unrest from now on, he continued, stressing that he doesn't blame the officers for leaving the team at all. 
Who wants to take on that professional liability of being involved in these protests that just are never ending? He asked. The Albuquerque Police Department reportedly said the resignations won't impact crowd control operations in the future. Well, the crazy thing is, is that if you show at least a little bit of transparency and a little bit of accountability, you don't have to keep doing Portland and Minneapolis every night. Like, you know, in Ohio, they released the body cam footage pretty immediately. And as far as I know, there were protests, but there were there was no rioting. And after the verdict of Derek Chauvin was found guilty, there was no protests or rioting in Minneapolis. So, um, you know, if you got to trust the public a little bit. But unfortunately, cops aren't into the idea of facing accountability. They don't like it. So I want to make sure something is clear. In case I got something wrong, I don't know if they're quitting outright. It does say they resigned. My assumption is they're resigning from the department. But if he's saying it's extracurricular, maybe I was wrong. So I'll put that correction right here. It's possible they're staying on as regular cops, but not in the emergency response team. Regardless of this, the resignations are real across the board. We are seeing a lot of resignations. and a Yeah, but there's a difference between resigning from one department of your police department and returning to regular patrol and resigning from the force entirely. So I don't know why he's saying that it's all the same because it's not. Struggle to bring on enough officers. This story from today, Philadelphia police shortage developing into very real concern, FOP president says. This is from ABC6. In Philadelphia, police are having trouble finding new recruits to join the force, even as officials say the department is severely understaffed. The funny thing is, is that the conservative solution to this is, is merely just hire more police officers rather than thinking on how we can invest in the community to prevent violent crime, which usually poverty is one of the closest links to crime. Um, so rather than refocusing resources and priorities into investing in low income neighborhoods to uplift them in the economic ladder, while also um doing necessary police reforms, maybe even abolishing them so that you can create an entirely new process of policing. Um, they're just not taking this opportunity. And I, it's it's really indicative of how our government rolls pretty much all the time is that when we reach points of crisis, we don't really do everything we can to alleviate the situation so that it never happens again. We make these tiny incremental changes so that it's slightly different, but we still get the same results over and over and over again. FOP Lodge President John McNesby says it's kind of like a perfect storm developing. The eye of the storm revolves around several issues, including a dramatic rise in the number of Philadelphia police officers filing for retirement, a diminishing pool of young people who even want to be a big city cop, and the suspension of new officer training because of the pandemic. So again, pandemic plays a role and retirements play a role as well. Under normal circumstances, there would be dozens of new recruits coming in for training every three months. Now, though, the most recent class graduated last December and the next one isn't expected to begin until next month. And you got to remember that once you go into the academy, it takes you about 10 months to finish. So we're not looking at putting any boots on the ground until maybe next spring a year. OK, OK, hold on. You're going to be saying, hey, Tim, they're talking about retirements and the pandemic and saying they're just trying to find people to hire. Why are they struggling? Why do people not want to be big city cops? I think you need only look at what that officer just said. It is due to the political climate, probably exclude. Well, maybe not exclusively, but I think to a great degree. He's it's it's rooted in the fear of accountability, because honestly, if cops were not afraid of facing accountability and if they were more transparent, then there would be a lot less need for protests and the animosity held between their communities and the ones in the ones who 
police those communities. So um, the system's not doing enough to try and bring the communities and the police departments together, and neither is the police department trying very hard either. So um, blaming merely public opinion on this is uh, wrong when it's clearly a systemic issue. He says, then you throw in the recent changes to the department's residency rules, mandating all police trainees live in Philadelphia before they enter the academy. Nobody is going to move to Philadelphia hoping they get a job. They want to make sure they secure employment, then move in, he said. Richard Vona, director of the Bucks County Police Training Center, said all of these issues are also inspiring younger officers from the city to seek employment in the suburbs and not just from Philadelphia. His spring testing dates are filling quickly. The application is That's pretty great. They don't know the statistics. There was a statistic recently that uh, crime in suburban areas is on the rise while cities is on the decline. So that's that's interesting. Only been open for a week, but I do see a number of officers from some bigger cities like New York and Philadelphia. I'm sorry, man. Look, look at what he says. Coupled with the pandemic in the future, getting classes in and getting them through the academy, we're at dangerously low levels. Uh-huh. Could it possibly be that nobody wants to be a cop in a city where they're going to go to prison? Yes, I think that's fair to say. And, and, and here we go. I don't just make these things up. This is from ABC, ABC6, okay? The other story is ABC6 Philadelphia. This one's from ABC6 Rhode Island. Different ABC6. Is it really? That's how it works? That's ridiculous. Anyway, national brutality cases Hurting police recruitment locally, officials say. Don't come to me and be like, you know, people just want to live in the suburbs for some reason. It must be the pandemic. Okay, fine. I'll, 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 I'll say yes. I will, I will give you that one to a certain degree. But come on. We know the national brutality cases are hurting police recruitment. Here's what they report. Attleboro, <laughs> Massachusetts. Some local... <laughs> And it's not because of the atrocities committed or seen in these national cases. It's just like, I don't like not being respected. Local police department said they've seen double digit drops in recruitment and increases in early retirements. New Bedford police chief Joseph Cordero told ABC6 the department has seen a noticeable drop for the last five years. Chief Cordero says the drop nears 30 percent. All they're seeing in their news feeds is negative police behavior. It's just been such a derogatory negative tone on the police. In Attleboro, Mayor Paul Harrow says he's seen the drop in recruits and an increase in early retirements because they, took, they, they, because they look at the job as just being a high liability to them and their family. To these officers, I want to give you a round of applause. For one, you are standing up for yourselves, for your own dignity and your rights, and I respect it when people stand up for themselves. Two, whether it's intentional or not, you are... Look, I I uh I, I want to be a police officer, uh, and I'm okay with the the thought of possibly dying in the streets, but uh, facing accountability for killing someone unjustifiably that's just too much for me. <laughs> Standing up when people say we we don't want you here and we hate you, and you're saying then so be it. I I look at that as respecting the rights of the people and what they ask for. Now listen. You got people who want cops. You got people who don't want cops. The people who want cops aren't saying anything because they got cops. The people who don't want cops are burning things down because they don't want cops. Well, sometimes you got to fight. They're burning things down because they want accountability for cops. Again, this is such a ridiculous, just a ridiculous framing. And it's, it's consistent throughout the entire right wing echo chamber. For what you have, because some people want to take it away. And you don't know what you got till it's gone. 
If people won't support the police, they will resign because the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I respect these officers for doing it. If the left is saying we don't want cops and they're rioting and the politicians and the Democrats and the president and all these people are, are in agreement with them and the cops say, I know when I'm not wanted. I respect that tremendously. If they're saying abolish the police and the cop says, okay, let me retire. I'll take mine and go. I respect it 100%. They say, now city and police officials are focusing on recruiting drives and improvements within their departments. It's becoming increasingly unpopular to be a police officer, but that's why we need to make sure our officers act justly, make sure they follow the law, make sure they're well-trained. That is 100% true. I ain't going to cry over a cop that kills somebody unjustly and goes to prison. You know that dude what was it in South Carolina? He shot a guy in the back. Except you did. <laughs> Except you did. Like after the Derek Chauvin verdict, you did exactly that. <laughs> he did it on a segment on on this on this channel here, which is the Tim Pool channel, and then he did it on his podcast, uh Timcast. So um and I pretty sure I'm pretty sure I covered that in my episode of Derek Chauvin filtered by the right wing echo chamber. So yeah, no, he's he he did cry. He he didn't have tears or anything, but he definitely had some complaints. Back like several times, that guy deserves to go to prison. And I haven't met a conservative who thinks otherwise. Isn't it funny how that works? Everybody wants police accountability. The issue is, except when it when it comes to actual time to hold a cop accountable on a scale that everybody would see it happen, they opposed it. In, in the idea that George Floyd had a criminal record and that he was a drug dealer, they oppose the accountability. When the left takes it too far and they riot and burn things down, nobody wants that either. We want accountability for everybody, but we're not getting accountability from these extremists on the left. Well, now the cops are all leaving and it's going to get bad, but let's read more. Officials say the recruitment and early retirement issues have not impacted response times, but have resulted in more overtime and additional stresses for officers. That can impact performance, even if you're working that many hours. Some Massachusetts police and city officials tell ABC6 they would prefer more control over their own recruitment rather than having to go through the state. I'm warning you to all these officers. If we are at a point where they're not hiring anymore because nobody wants to be a cop, they are making you work extra hours. You are getting stressed. You are, you are not performing to your best. How long until you encounter a tough spot? How long until it, how long is it until someone scares you almost drawing a weapon and you shoot him and you go to prison? Your local leaders will not protect you. They will sell you out in two seconds. That's why I respect the cops. If it's an unjustified shooting, much in the way that so far Isaiah Browns is coming out to be, then that cop should go to jail for life. What do you mean? I thought you were for accountability. He didn't say justly shoot somebody. Let's rewind it. He didn't say justly. He just said, if you just shoot somebody. To all these officers, if we are at a point where they're not hiring anymore because nobody wants to be a cop, they are making you work extra hours. You are getting stressed. You are, you are not performing to your best. How long until you encounter a tough spot? How long, until it, how long is it until someone scares you almost drawing a weapon and you shoot him and you go to prison? Oh, okay. Almost drawing a weapon. That's the distinction. But how many people have been like Philando Castile's case? You know, hey, officer, I have a gun in my 
uh, glove compartment to get my information. Don't freak out. And guess what the cop did? He freaked out and he shot him several times. So, um, you know, just saying when they look like they're drawing a weapon, like, come on. Like, that's just such an easy justification. Your local leaders will not protect you. They will sell you out in two seconds. That's why I respect the cops standing up and saying no. 100%. Now, Albuquerque has cadets to fill the void after a dozen APD officers resign from emergency response team. More power to you. I'm all about you choosing to do what you want to do. I will say these cadets must be a special kind of dumb, very dumb people. Sorry, it's true. There's an old thing about New York where apparently they wouldn't hire cops if their IQ was too high or whatever. Now, I don't know if that's true. Apparently it is. There's like a lawsuit. But come on, man. Derek Chauvin was, was, what was he, a cop for like a decade. Kim Potter, 26 years. Tragedies happen. They're asking you as an officer to go into the fray, into a conflict. Derek Chauvin had 18 cases of excessive force in his entire career of police policing and uh, was only brought to trial once. So um, you can't say all of them are justified if we don't get a proper look at all of them, uh, mainly because most of them were not brought to the attention of the public. So uh, in the same way that Marvin Scott's isn't being brought into public eye. So, you know, his absolute respect without them really earning it is very interesting. Very interesting indeed how much he respects police. So much to the point that he's constantly granting them the benefit of the doubt when they have a absolute monopoly on violence and they are given authority by the state to do so. And not make a single mistake. Oh, hold on. You might even not make a mistake. They'll still demonize you. They're asking you to take a job and then you could find yourself facing a jury on murder charges. Look, they're isolated incidents. Let's be honest. I think it's like only a dozen or so cops have actually been convicted of that in like the past several years. Yep, 98 cases. I've brought it up several times. Several times, 98 cases are usually uh, found with not guilty or they just aren't taken to court. Years or even like, it's been a long time. They don't convict cops all that often. They don't convict cops all that often. We reached that at 18 minutes and 18 seconds after several times of him saying, you could be a cop and somebody pulls their weapon and you shoot them. And it's like, not that many get a conviction, though. You see? You see you see how he highlights the problem here and also says that, like, the problem is that cops don't want to be uh, given a prison sentence for making a mistake. And then the real problem that the community feels in their heart of hearts is that nobody faces accountability for these things. And then he barely brings it up right there. That's that's amazing. But the political climate is such that there will be riots. Would you like to be the sacrifice at the top of the hill where they put you on the stone block and say it's, it's, it's your blood to be spilled figuratively? If you want to do that, by all means, here's a story from KRQE. Albuquerque police say its academy cadets will now be trained to work on the department's emergency response team tasked with responding to mass gatherings like protests and rallies. The new decision comes hmm. after roughly 20 APD officers resigned. I tried to make it, but I got to use the restroom. I apologize. Um, ruminate on what we've been talking about so far while I return shortly.
Alright, I do apologize for the wait. I don't have the proper editing software to make that cooler, but uh, let's just return to the material. Thank you for your patience. From one unit following a recent protest at Civic Plaza. The, the plaza protest drew hundreds of people chanting against white supremacy, came in response to a wave of expected White Lives Matter rallies. In response to the recent ERT resignations, APD Communications Director Gilbert Gallegos said those slots are not being filled. It's exactly what that dude said before, remember? They're not going to be able to fill it. Gallegos? Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm almost certain it's Gallegos. Gallegos. He says the department currently has 51 ERT members, more than what APD says it had one year ago before the 2020 protests. The 2020 protests emerged. Yeah, they're riots. New police academy cadets are now going to be trained to serve on the emergency response team. I like how he, he names any protest a riot. Yeah, 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 the riots. You know, even though that study came out, 97% of protests were peaceful. Just just ignoring reality because it does it benefits the narrative conservatives have been pushing is that every single protest is a riot coming to destroy your town. For their first year as sworn, sworn officers, Gallego said in an email sent to KRQE, field units will be available to assist if needed. Please think about what this means. The riots aren't going to stop and they're going to be sending out inexperienced police officers. Ah, that's going to get bad. That's going to get bad. Sorry, it is. Look, if they're going to throw veterans under the bus, if even a veteran cop is not going to be able to handle these situations, I don't think cops are doctors. I don't think they're psychologists. I don't think they're marksmen. I don't think they're black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu masters or whatever. That means there's going to be issues where they try their best and it's not good enough and someone gets hurt. Well, now, these inexperienced people with even less capabilities, I think it's very likely we've seen, I, I, I think we'll see not too, uh, it won't take too long before we get some Albuquerque cadets facing the chopping block, you know, being led away in, in, in chains, in a perp walk, in an orange jumpsuit. But that's their choice. Like, by, all, by all means, you know, do, do what you got to do. Over in New Jersey, they're seeking state police recruits, but applications are historically low. I mean, how many times do we got to see a story like this? Isn't it kind of obvious to you guys right now what's happening? Congratulations to Black Lives Matter. I mean, that sincerely. They wanted to abolish and defund the police. They're getting it. Awesome. The politicians wanted this. I think it's fair to say local residents don't. Check it out. Over in Akron. Akron police hiring 50 new officers looking for diverse candidates. All right, that's cool. They're looking to hire 50 new officers. What does that really mean? Well, I find that interesting that he used that as a segue as if the, the, the public isn't okay uh, with the cops resigning and that they're crying for police. And then he moves into this story, which isn't about that so far. So let's see if it expands on that. We can change the framing. Akron feels that they need more police. Why is that? I wonder. Maybe an increase in crime. Maybe they're short for the year. Akron who? The cities or the state officials? Or the local officials? Akron who? You know? My favorite thing, though. Check this out. They say in 2019, Akron police reintroduced its academy and started paying cadets $28.30 an hour with benefits. The maximum age was raised from 35 to 40, which Caprez says was done to attract both diverse candidates and military veterans. Yeah, 2019, we were still seeing a lot of protests, not nearly as bad as 2020. But perhaps it's because they're struggling to recruit. Perhaps the issues of being a cop are way extend beyond these past few years. I think it's fair to say. I mean, we've seen street battles and riots for some time now. Perhaps it's just not good enough 
to be a cop. It's not worth the, the, the animosity, the anger. Raising the age pool just means they're, well, they're look, look, with all due respect, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's, it's, they're, they're, they're desperately searching for people willing to be cops. Something is going on in it. I, I mentioned this in a previous segment, but if, if you're listening on the podcast, you'll hear this in a minute. 500 officers short, Baltimore City FOP says, more officers quit than hired in two years. 500. This is from December, well before the Chauvin verdict. Kimberly Classic, who you may know, who ran for office in Baltimore, says the number is now 700 officers short. You know what that means? Don't take my word for it. I'm going to show you. This is from February 14th. Minneapolis push to defund police backfires after residents complain of slow response times increase in crime. The city council on Friday voted. You- uh, yeah, but that's not why they quit the defund the police. Uh, the push, um, it did lose a lot of support in Minneapolis, but it's not just that. There was a lot of uh, local issues as to why they couldn't get that passed uh, or most of it done. Um, so to, yeah, I, 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 it's very interesting that this is coming from Fox News because, of course, it's going to take a very myopic view rather than a, a nuanced uh, exploration of the situation. Unanimously to approve $6.4 million in additional funding for the police department. Wow. Wow. They just jammed a bunch of money back into funding the police, which they should have done in the first place. It's an old story, but I want to give you some context. It's not necessarily the funding of the police that's 100% of the problem, unless you are trying to defund in order to abolish. But um, it's always been about refocusing the and repri- reprioritizing the budget. Um, if they're really that short in recruitment, and that's why the police department had asked the money, then I can see I can see the point here. But even so, um, I do find the leadership incredibly weak to not take this opportunity to um, really transform the police department. If they can't get rid of the entire institution, then they should work with the the foundations and work on the interior of completely transforming that in order to bridge the gap between respect of the community and respect of the police officers. But uh, that opportunity is obviously not being taken by any of these places that are seeing a downturn in police recruitment, because it seems like when you have this kind of circumstances that you actually need to work on the rebranding anyways, because the public image is 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 ruined and uh, the, the people who want to become police that that image is also ruined. So what it sounds like to me is that they actually do need to do a massive rebranding campaign of the peacekeeping force in the United States. And so I don't know why we wouldn't take this opportunity to make big changes in in like what I've already said is making police departments much more transparent and democratic. Minneapolis on Friday backtracked on its initial plan to defund the city's police department in the wake of George Floyd's death. City council voted for $6.4 million. The department says it has only 638 officers available to work, roughly 200 fewer than usual. An unprecedented number of officers quit or went on extended medical leave after Floyd's death and the unrest that followed. I want to applaud these officers for standing up for themselves. The, the, the local leaders have sold you out, and now they see exactly the, what, what, what they will reap. They said the cops are bad and need to be reformed. There's, some said, you know, there's, there's nothing to do. The, the, the police department itself is racist and must be abolished. And now they're, now they're scared. Now they're freaking out over it. So when these leftists come and say, Tim only wants the cops to leave to, like, teach people a lesson. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. 
I fully respect the will of the people when they don't want cops. I live in an area without cops. I live in a rural area. I am allowed to own weapons to defend myself. I accept that responsibility. I like that responsibility. And I don't need to call the police for most things. When you're in a city, you do. You can't defend yourself seriously. Like in Illinois, you can't even have like a stick. You got to call the cops out here. You act. I love how like when we talk about gun violence, they always like, oh, what about Chicago? You know, Chicago, Illinois. And then when they talk about like gun restrictive laws, they just go to Illinois broadly as if that like Illinois doesn't have a gun problem due to the fact that the surrounding states around it have very loose uh, gun restrictions. So um, I always think it's funny when they bring up Illinois or Chicago because it's just always out of broader context. Always, always actually have a right to defend yourself. I respect that. If you live in the city and you're like, yo, we don't want cops here. Hey, man, you vote for it. You get what you deserve. Now, I'm of the opinion <laughs> we're going to see more of this. The new With new recruit classes, the city anticipates it will have 674 officers by the end of the year with another 28 in the hiring process. Days before the city council vote, Mayor Jacob Frey and Police Chief Madaria Arredondo promised to update the application process for police recruits to include questions about whether they've lived in Minneapolis, have degrees in criminology, social work, psychology, or counseling, and whether they volunteer or participate in programs such as the Police Activities League. Yes, that's right. A college graduate would like to take a $30,000 a year job. Ain't that something? Meanwhile, three city council members have proposed replacing the police department with a public safety department that would include law enforcement and other services. If their salary is also the same as that other cities that he had said, which was like around $28 per hour, that's not $30,000 a year. Just, just saying. They say yet, uh, yet for Minneapolis, yes for Minneapolis, a coalition of local community groups is also collecting signatures to try and get a similar proposal on the November ballot. Do it to it, man. I'm all about it. If Minneapolis wants to replace their cops with social workers, dude, I am legit 100% for that. If you live in Minneapolis if you're not, and you're not for that, I will go vote. I support you in your opinion, but I'm telling you this right now. The people who don't want cops are screaming and yelling and supported by the people who get elected. The people who... who I like that he just quickly said that he supports social workers uh, being alongside police. But also, like, it's like, you also have the right to your opinion and you should vote for your leaders who don't support that. Um, it's, it's, it's a weird uh, middle line there. Um, but I do want to bring up this article from NPR. It says that, uh, and it comes from March 8th, 2021, six-month experiment replacing Denver police with mental health teams dubbed a success. A Denver City Council member who supports defunding police weighs new success of replacing cops with mental health teams. Six months in, the team has responded to almost 750 calls without one arrest. Let's turn now to Denver, where mental health teams have been sub subbing in for police on certain calls. That six-month experiment has now been dubbed a success, and city leaders are poised to expand it in a big way with an infusion of tax money. Some advocates say spending on police alternatives needs to include a reduction in police funding overall. Colorado Public Radio's David Sox reports. Um, so I'll, I'll include that link in the bottom below. You can actually listen to it. It's a four-minute listen, so you can do that. Um, you don't have to read the entire article, but yep. social Adding social workers to mental health calls seems to be working. Want cops... I guess aren't saying anything. And then they're voting for the people who want to get rid of the cops. Who am I to judge? Who am I to come to your city and tell you how to live? I ain't going to do that. 
we can sit back. That's funny, Tim, because it's kind of part of the social contract, you know, uh, not telling, you know, coming up to somebody and saying you have to live exactly how I live, but you have to live in accordance of society, knowing that it's a give and take relationship. So even though so what you perceive somebody telling you how you should live, most of these things that we're discussing usually tend to deal with how we live. So back and we can gloat and we can be like, oh, you see what happens in Minneapolis. But hey, man, that's your that's your call. One hundred percent. I put it this way. I live in an area where you're allowed to have guns and, um, you know, you, you're actually allowed to. Uh, constitutionally carry, as it were, where I live. So you probably might know where I live. Um, if somebody has a weapon and there's a shooting or whatever, and it's a tragedy, it's an accident, I accept that as the, pro uh, of, of the ramifications of freedom. It's not easy. We don't want it to happen. But I understand that sometimes accidents do happen. I understand that if people are worried and they're defending themselves, they got to be responsible for what happens when they fire that weapon. I think people in New York should have that same right. I don't want someone to tell me how to live. I don't want people from the big cities voting for the laws where I live to be changed. That's why I'm not a fan of Joe Biden and his gun control. I'm going to say the same thing. I lived in the Philly area. I left. I now absolve myself of any right to claim they should live a certain way within reason. We as Americans have to respect certain policies, certain rights, and certain responsibilities because what happens if people in other areas like Philadelphia start moving to places where I live and then voting where I live and making things worse? So I, I do I do recognize we want these cities to function. We don't want them to fall apart. There's a balance. Libertarian versus authoritarianism. People in these big cities want social workers. They can have it. You get people like LeBron James. And I'm going to tell you something tragic. All right. You ready for some tragedy? LeBron James. I just want to highlight again in the description, there's the MP article, NPR article that highlights that adding social workers to police mental health calls has been a success in a six-month period. So, James claims his words have been twisted to create more racism. After he posted your next threat to a cop who shot Micaiah Bryant. We saw the other day, many people on the left were defending teenager knife fights. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen. But don't you get it? They want it. There's a breaking news story right now where I honestly want to know how Tim Pool doesn't think it's valid to question police methods, though, in, in that circumstance, because I think it's a very valid point to question the methods of how to de-escalate a situation. A 38 year old woman ran up to her ex-lover and put a bullet, I guess, put a bullet in this person's head. No cop intervened. No national outrage. No Black Lives Matter marches. Nobody cared. I care. I don't like seeing that. Then what are their names? If you care so much, what are their names? Uh, but he's going to move on. I know that. The thing is, though, is that, yes, it is a tragedy. And hopefully the man who his face is on video, so he's definitely going to go to jail. Um, it's not a systemic issue. It's not uh, authorized state actors executing people so that's why it's not sparking a protest for accountability and justice for somebody who's very likely to face accountability and justice for their murder when you have police officers who do not face accountability in most cases that's when you get protests it's a very easy fine line to 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 notice um if you're not a partisan hack i don't want people to live that way 
But if they don't want law enforcement there and they're not going to complain about it, why am I? Why are you? Look, there's another story. I, I, I don't want to pull it up. It's just nightmarish. 13 year old girl, I think it was, was charged with stabbing someone to death. Could have been this Micaiah Bryant did the same thing. When the police intervened in the Micaiah Bryant incident, the locals yelled at the police, said, why did you do that? Yeah, why did you do that? Let me tell you guys something. A cop comes into a neighborhood. They're fighting. This woman's got a knife. The other person doesn't. The cop intervenes and they say, why did you do that? There's a national outrage. Democrats start tweeting, saying it's a tragedy. It shouldn't have happened. In New York City, a woman runs up to another woman, puts a bullet in her head. No one cares. I do. But I'm not going to complain about the laws they vote for and the things they want. Clearly, Black Lives Matter doesn't care about this. I'm not going to force them to care about it. I'm not going to sit here and be like, why don't you care more? I'm going to be like, I don't know, people don't care about a lot of things. All right. Well, so Black Lives Matter, of course, could probably reach a point to where a lot of their focus is organizing communities, uh, doing mutual aid and more direct action that doesn't have to deal with criminal justice. But it's an organization mostly focused on criminal justice. So uh, that's it's a really dumb argument to make. Of course, we could have better organizations that help communities directly. But this one is specifically focused on uh, changing our criminal justice system from the uh, racist profiling bent that it's been on for decades. So. So if they want it, cops should stop answering these calls. Who in you know what, man? These cops are literally getting a call where it's like, please come. People are fighting. And they're like, I know nobody wants me there. I know they're going to get mad at me if I go there. I know I likely will go to prison if I intervene. I'm going to go there anyway. Why? They don't protest when they, when, they, when they fight each other. This is the way they want it. I'm not. Let's also remind ourselves, too, of this, the, the few cases that have happened where um, a white man goes into a building to shoot uh, to, to cause a mass shooting and is subdued by a black individual who then stands over them with a gun and the cops immediately come and shoot the, 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 the black individual who stopped the gunman because he had a gun and he was black. We, we have to notice those things because those are a big piece into this puzzle. Um, so it's it's just very unfortunate that Tim Pool just constantly ignores a lot of police actions and uh, just continues to respect them absolutely uh, blindly with uh, just pure loyalty. I'm not trying to be mean or disparaging. I'm trying to respect their wishes as a community to say, get the police out of here. If you live somewhere and you say no cops, then the cops should respect that. If you want to have retribution killings and gang violence and you vote for that, far be it from me to tell you how to live if I don't live there. Granted, if you come to my neighborhood, then you should respect how we live as well. I'll respect the rules you want. Please respect the rules I want where I live. I am trying to say this with the utmost sincerity. I respect Black Lives Matter and this community saying they don't want police. So I'll put it in the description below, but on November 11th, twenty. 18 Jamel Robertson, a 26 year old African American security guard for Manny's Blue Room Bar in Robbins, Illinois, uh, was fatally shot by Ian Covey, a Midithodian police officer responding to a call of shots fired at the bar. Robertson was working for the bar as a security guard when four people were non fatally shot by a gunman. After Robertson subdued and 
pinned the shooter to the ground, he was shot by Midithodian police officers arriving at the scene. Cave was placed on paid administrative leave while he, uh, the shooting was investigated. Witnesses stated that Robertson was wearing a vest that had the word security printed on it, uh, while an Illinois State Police preliminary investigation stated he was wearing plain black clothing and no markings identifying him as security. Convenient. The ISP, or the Illinois State Police, report stated the Midthonian, uh, Midithian? Midithian officer gave Robertson multiple verbal commands to drop his gun and get on the ground, while witnesses said the officer shot Robertson not even five seconds after opening Robertson, or ordering Robertson to drop the gun he had in his hand. Um, let's go to the investigation and legal proceedings here real quick. The ISP are handling the investigation into the fatal shooting of Robertson. The officer was paid, was placed on paid administrative leave. In the meantime, the officer has been with the Midithonian police department for almost seven years, assigned to patrol division and is also a SWAT team leader. The police department initially argued that Robertson had ignored verbal commands before the shooting, but later released a second statement claiming that the shooting had been a case of friendly fire and that Robertson's death was a tragic accident. After previously identifying Robertson as an armed subject in reports, Midithonian Police Chief Daniel Delaney issued a November statement calling Robertson a brave man who was doing the best to end an active shooter situation. On November 12, 2018, an autopsy showed that Robertson had been shot multiple times and the death was ruled a homicide. The same day, Robertson's mother filed a federal civil rights lawsuit against the village of Minnethodian and the officer who shot Robertson. As far as I know, there has not been any accountability for the murder of Jamel Robertson, who stopped a gunman from killing more people. So, you know, in Micaiah Bryant's case, it's uh, very obvious um that you know uh police can make these uh kinds of mistakes with you know oh, i was so scared for the life of the other individual i shot them i shot them to end the situation and de-escalate and i saved lives right but shooting of jamel robertson th there's no justification of this other than the cop is incredibly incompetent cops should stop going into these places when people ask them not to it's plain and simple why is a cop going into a poor neighborhood, going into a black neighborhood where people have asked them not to, and they're like, I'm going to do it anyway. It's the law. Don't people have a right to their own neighborhoods? If someone leaves that neighborhood and goes and commits a crime somewhere else, the cops can enforce and arrest this person. But don't go to someone's house where they're telling you not to. I don't think police... Amazing. His, his solution, rather than reforming the police so that it is better respected by the community, and they also have greater respect for themselves because they're not afraid to face accountability. Um, his solution is just don't police the neighborhoods that don't like you. That's amazing. That is the conservative solution. Should just assume they're, you know... I, the heroes who are entitled to go wherever they want and do whatever they want because they're the good guys. I just don't see it that way. I'll be honest with you guys. I understand that people do want police. They do. But if they're not going to stand up and ask for it, this is what's going to happen. We're not getting stories of national outrage when people in their own communities are, are hurting or killing each other because these groups. Because it happens everywhere all the time every day and those people who do those things face uh accountability for their actions you know uh cops do kill people almost every day and face little to no 
accountability. So th that's that's the dividing line here. Don't care about that. So what do they care about? They don't want the cops to do it. You got it. I agree with you. I think more more conservatives should get on board with that. And I respect these officers for leaving. There, there, there are areas where we would welcome these officers. All these Albuquerque officers, you come to my neighborhood, people will pat you on the back, clap for you. They'll buy you a pizza and they'll say, thanks for coming. We, we thank you for your sacrifices. And if these communities don't want you there, stop going there. You know? It's only going to get worse. The Chauvin verdict will have a, 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 a serious impact. But I think everyone's going to get what they want in the long run. There are people who live in these cities who want the cops. I get it. But you're in the minority. If you're the only one standing up and no one else is, you're in the minority. You might think most people tell the pollsters, we want cops, but they're not willing to do anything to maintain that. I say this, actions speak louder than words. You can tell me you want a million bucks, but you ain't willing to roll up your sleeves and go. I mean, it's like Tim Pool who says that he wants accountability, but also, too, isn't willing to do anything about it. Work for it. I don't believe you. If you support the cops, you speak out in defense of them. Well, those are words. You get out, you go to a city council meeting and you say, please don't do this. Those are actions. Still just words, but actions do speak louder. So add some actions to your words. I guess we can only sit back and see how this unfolds in the in the following months and years. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming. All right. Yep. So that's Tim Pool's insightful take on that. And with that, that is the end of the episode. I will have all my sources in the description below. Um, I hope to have video coming back here soon at some point so that, you know, you can easily see the same sources that I'm seeing on the YouTube channel, which is also, if you're listening to the podcast, there's a, a, a link in the description below to find the YouTube channel. Um, I used to do videos for these things, but my computer right now doesn't have the CPU power to do so, so I don't. Um, other than that, you can find this on all podcast platforms if you're watching on YouTube. Um, you can get it on the go. Uh, follow me on Twitter at ToxinPod, T-O-X-N-P-O-D. Um, let's see. Like if you liked it. Disliked if you don't. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, um, comment, do all of those things, and also have sensible uh, discussions about what we should do with policing in America, and I will catch you next time in the Talks Zone.